It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, presented by American Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. What was it? My name's Herb, not Jesus. Oh, that's very fair. Uh, on Fat Tuesday of all the days, I got to get it out before uh, the Lenten season starts, folks. Uh, Is that what uh, you're giving up? Saying things like or cursing? Yes, uh, taking the Lord's name in vain. Uh, I will also be gambling during the Lenten season with DraftKings Sportsbook, our official sports betting partner. partner. Uh, download the app today and use code CHGO when you sign up. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Sean Froelich for understanding. Uh, alongside me is Janice Scurrio. Follow her on Twitter at Scuriosa. She's our CHGO White Sox friend. We got Herb Lawrence. Hello. In the middle. Follow him on Twitter at Akinroll23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader and the man in the salmon, pink, red, zip up, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Uh, Vinny has a brand new piece out uh, on CH, or, yeah, on all CHGO uh, about Elvis Andrews. Um, also a brand new one uh, earlier today about uh, Billy Hamilton as well. Um, how you doing, Vinny? Doing good. It's not uh, not quite as sunny today out here in Arizona. No shades uh, on my face today. Uh, they're nearby, though, because we are getting some, some peaks of sun. But uh, for the most part, it's been a cloudy one. I think the weather is uh, – uh, the good, good weather is a little behind us uh, as we barnstorm here toward the end of the week. Hey, uh, you know, it's 24 degrees here, if that makes you feel any better. You're telling Herb and I on Sunday, you know, when we were telling you it was 50 and sunny and we were taking walks, uh, that you you hate when that happens. So, you know, we're miserable here, if that makes you feel any better. And it might snow tomorrow, too. So, there you go. We're back. Excellent. Excellent. That's good to hear. That means that I'm soaking in the uh, I'll be soaking in the mid 50s here uh, at spring training while you guys are uh, suffering. That makes that does make me feel just wonderful. Wonderful Sean Freud right there. <laughs> uh, and what's up to the chat as well uh, Good to see everybody I appreciate Jordan Gilmore uh, setting the bar for 100 likes So if we don't get oh. to 100 likes I will be disappointed um, Yes, if, if we do not get to 100 likes uh, I, will, I will kill myself Actually, n- n- no I won't no. Alright, so we'll set the bar on that, on that. Uh, if, if, if we don't get to 100 likes Janice won't be here tomorrow, folks All right. So um, we'll You know where to find me You the chat. Uh, this is the first time we've done this in 11 months of the company, and I don't feel guilty. You know, it's it, colorless. You know, it, it's been a while. We've got some new people, pure colorless. My guy Brian, love him. Love, yeah, love the Tainted Glove Network. Yeah, had me on the show the other day. It was awesome. And your friend Connor's uh, rubbing in that it's going to be 80 in DC on Thursday. So there you go. Um, let's get into uh, some stuff that we saw today in practice. I think people enjoyed your Twitter videos from today, Vinny. Uh, you're taking in the sights and sounds of camp. Uh, we got a new infield drill. Probably not that new to the White Sox. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an old baseball drill, but uh, people love to see the fundamentals worked. Uh, Evan, some good batting cage stuff. Well, let's go to the uh, fielding video first, uh, just because people, again, love the fundamentals. And the White Sox had so many problems of calling the ball. So uh, here's Vinny's uh, documentation of uh, the fielding drill. Uh, it's the second one, Sarah, just to make sure. Um, oh, no, not that one. No, the Twitter video. Just bl- oh, Yeah, you're all good. Um, that's my bad. <laughs> all good. Uh, yeah, just the, yeah. All right, uh, let me reset this. Uh, so it's uh, Gavin Sheets, uh, Andrew Vaughn, Romy Gonzalez, uh, Leary Garcia, all doing fly ball work in the infield. Uh, now I feel like payoff might not be as, as significant. Um, there, it is. Uh, there we go. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it was good to see that. Go to see that they're actually working on the fundamentals out there. I'm sure they do every single year, but, you know, something as mundane as this got all White Sox fans giddy. I, I know I got giddy as hell. People calling off. I got it. I got it. I heard Larry calling off loud. Same thing with Gavin Sheets. They're right here. Listen, baby, 
Gavin Sheets, boisterous, loud voice. Mm, the front line of injury prevention right there, saying, oh. I got it. Yes. I love I love <laughs> communication, and you right here, you're going to hear Larry say it. Yeah, but it's late. Ugh. Go ahead, Larry. <laughs> yes. Um, that's great uh, to see. And also, uh, you know, just uh, the at the end there. Gavin putting up his glove. I totally thought he was going to grab that. You know, the whole, he got me, I bet. Yeah, it's kind of like the whole, you know, it's right here. The, he's doing this to, it's not Elvis Andres, but he will usually be there. But remember the Elvis Andres, uh, Adrian Beltre thing where they used to fake each other out and do the glove thing and uh, play with each other that way. And so it was fun. The White Sox are having fundamentals taught early. And I'm like I said, I'm sure they did it with the other team, but there's a reason why Vinny took that picture. There's a reason why White Sox fans are very happy about that. It's because it was lacking. Communication was lacking last year, and it's good to see that. And hopefully it translates into those games where the players are yelling, making sure that they're clear that I got the ball, and it seemed like all the infielders would just go back like you're taught until you hear Larry Garcia or the right fielder call you off. And so it was good to see you, Vinny. Well, it's no surprise that White Sox fans reacted the way they did, which, of course, was uh, what you guys just uh, alluded to. Oh, my God, where was this last year? They couldn't have done this last year. They're already better than last year. Of course, they did it last year. But the main reason I shot this was because I wanted to get a video of Elvis Andres playing second base. Didn't really work out that too great on that uh, on that <laughs> shot. Also, uh, part of that drill, Aloy Jimenez in right field. Um, and uh, so I want to uh, get uh, some of that as well. Of course, didn't work out that way with ended up uh, with where those balls ended up flying. But I can tell you this. We sat there and watched that for a while. Aloy Jimenez, uh, I think, did everything that you'd want a right fielder to do. Uh, and there was a great uh, missed opportunity of a shot because he caught one literally right in front of me. Uh, of course, I had already put the phone back in the pocket. So I guess <laughs> the, the lesson here is always be rolling. Um, but uh, yeah, some some new some new uh, defensive alignments there in terms of Elvis Andrews, obviously moving over from shortstop to second base, and Aloy Jimenez getting some practice in right field, which of course has been a hot button issue all winter. Yeah, I think uh, Brian aptly calling it the Adam Hazley drill is is fair. Um, Aloy in right field is going to give me a heart attack. I don't know about you, Janice. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not my favorite, uh, to put it lightly. Uh, yeah, and, and I am positive there are. B- significantly better options yeah I mean if he needs to be in the lineup in right field I will do deal with it for five six times a year but more than that man that's exposing that man to a position he's never played before in the major leagues well he probably played somewhere but he didn't start at these positions and a position that's really hard and so we know that Aloy with communication hasn't been great Hopefully he's learning this year and getting these drills into him. So if he needs to go out in right field at one of these times, somebody's hurt, somebody needs a blow, Aloy takes right field, I'll feel confident that he can do the job without getting hurt. That's all I care about with Aloy. Perhaps initiation into a White Sox culture it means that you will play out of position at least once in your career, in your tenure with the White Sox. Versatility. There you go. Right, yeah, versatility. <laughs> They're all trying to be Ben Zobrist. Um, yeah, funny, though, with the, the whole talk today is going to be about right field. Uh, the, the video, and you mentioned Aloy playing right field. Uh, Gavin Sheets not playing right field. Oscar Colas not playing right field. The two guys we're going to talk about playing right field for the White Sox in 2023. Um, I want to ask this question before we jump into uh, Oscar Colas sound. Oscar Colas spoke to the assembled media down in Arizona, but also Vinny got a one-on-one with Gavin Sheets. We'll bring that to you a little bit later on in the show. So we've had Lucas, Dylan, and Gavin Sheets. Mercy, killing it Vinny um, but let's get into the question and the main question I have for you guys what's the remaining hole for the White Sox what's the largest hole uh, with the White Sox remaining after Elvis Andrews has signed what's next uh, uh, for the White Sox Vinny uh, if you want to start it off um, is it right field starting pitching what's the biggest hole uh, I mean it's hard to say right I mean I think you need to wait to see uh, at this point what what the season brings you can go around the or you can go through the roster and say point to who you think the worst player is or the worst starting position is right and and say oh well they could upgrade there but of course there's never going to not be an answer right there's always going to be uh, a, a nine a, a number nine on the, uh, on the on the power rankings there in terms of what the White Sox might do to address anything the rest of the spring I don't really see anything of significance coming the rest of the way I think that Elvis Andrews signing yesterday was the one to, to really cap off their offseason work doesn't mean there'll be absolutely nothing. There could still be some depth moves in terms of pitching. We saw, you know, I keep bringing up 
when they signed Johnny Cueto last spring or, or you go back a few springs ago when they're signing other starting pitchers that you've heard of that might not excite you, though, because, you know, it's just a minor league flyer kind of thing. Um, you can see that happening. And then certainly there's this whole mystery of what's going on with Mike Clevenger and what they might need in terms of the starting rotation. That being said, I think right now they have to plan as if he's going to be there and if he's – Oh, oh, remix. I mean, we Mercy. lost him. We lost Vinny for a second, but <laughs> and we're down. I, I don't know. We, we, he's we still lost gone. Him. Oh, oh there, he's back. He's back. You back, Vinny? Oh, no, he now he doesn't even now. sound. No, nope. he looks passionate. You look. There you are. Oh, there you, can you not hear me? Yeah, we're back. Uh, okay. Kind of. We lost him maybe, to one maybe of the holes just, on the White Sox roster. Yeah, oh. now he's he's frozen. Oh, now he's shaking his head. Try again. <laughs> can you hear me right yes. now? Yes. Now I can. Okay, I'm getting a ruining the whole situation. Very upsetting. <laughs> I hear you. But to speak to Vinny's point, I think, and everybody in the chat, like Brian S., Tommy, Swo, talking about the fifth starter or the pitching depth, even after or after the Mike Clevenger signing, and whatever you think about the Mike Clevenger signing, they still needed pitching depth. I got it. Davis Martin could mm-hmm. fill in. But totally. who else? Like, there's going to be injuries. These guys are a little long in the tooth. We saw Lance Lynn last year get hurt. I mean, we got lucky with Dylan pitching on the games he pitched last year. We saw Lucas get hurt last year. Michael Kopech is going to be rehabbing right now to be on the opening day roster. So they need somebody else, some other people that can actually get you innings. And I know they have bullpen guys that can give you some length, but I would rather have some person that's out there right now, a la Mm -hmm. Vince Velasquez, to come in and give you quality innings like Vince Velasquez did versus the Angels early in the season. Because you're going to go through, like, the times where you need somebody, especially in April, to get you some innings. And we know that Michael Kopech's not going to pitch in that first series, hopefully in that first and that second series. So you're going to need somebody to step in every once in a while to just give you four or five innings. Yeah, Husky Bardo from our Discord uh, had a super chat as well. Herb, I, I would to- say oh, – Go ahead, Vin. I would just say, Herb, that I think that they probably already – they think they have some of those guys in camp here, and we've heard the names, you know – Again, not going to thrill anybody. People might shake their head when you hear this list. But a guy like A.J. Alexi or a guy like, you know, uh, Jesse Schultons and Nate Fisher, these are the guys I think who they think are those depth moves right now. Guys who can go to AAA and start the season at AAA and then be on call should they be needed at the major league level. Everybody keeps bringing up Sean Burke as someone who's probably going to be in that mix as well. So there are some names. Uh, it doesn't mean it's enough. It's probably a little bit true when Rick Hahn says that it's never enough when it comes to pitching, right? Um, and so there might be more to come, but I don't know if that necessarily means that, you know, there's going to be this big name and everybody, you know, they, they announce the signing of this player and everybody goes, oh, thank God they've filled that need. I think it's going to be more guys along the lines of those names I just mentioned that are going to probably end up being like a, a, a no reaction from people because they're not supposed to be the kind of players that get a reaction out of people. I'm going to call him AJ Alexei every time. Mercy. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, from the Discord, Husky Bardo uh, has a super chat. Uh, we appreciate that uh, $5 super chat. Uh, still feels like this team is missing that long man. Gio Gonzalez, Kopech in 2022. Vinny Velasquez in, in, in uh, 20, uh, Kopech in 21. Vin, Vince Velasquez in 2022. Um, but yeah, everyone seems to agree starting pitcher depth. Um, and looking at the current free agents, you're right that no name will draw any reaction. Uh, Mike Miner, Michael Pineda, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, Carlos Martinez, Dallas Keuchel, Mike Fulton-wise. Keuchel might draw a reaction, but, you know, for different reasons. Um, I I think, too, like, you look at the 26-man roster, and Davis Martin, I don't even think, currently projects to be on it. Um, The 13 pitchers I had, and I shared this in the Discord earlier, Cease, Lynn, Giolito, Kopech, um, Nick uh, Avila, and it might be Avila, I'm not sure, uh, Jimmy Lambert, Jose Ruiz, uh, Aaron Bummer, Kendall Graveman, Joe Kelly, uh, Reynaldo Lopez, and Jake Diekman. Um, the, the other, though. well, that's the thing. <laughs> the, the, I have twelve. I named twelve pitchers, and that's the thing. It's either Clevenger, and if he's not delayed by the MLB, if the MLB does not find anything, if the MLB does not, you know, hand down any punishment, he seems to be on this roster. Um, if he's not, it seems like Davis Martin would step into that role. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there is definitely depth needed, one hundred percent, but. Again, I think it is coming within the house. I think AJ Alexei might be that name. Um, there's some non-roster invites as well. You mentioned Jesse Schultons. I think that's the direction. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, don't forget, too, like, those three guys that we're talking about are not from inside the organization. They went out and got them this offseason. So, yeah, it's not exciting. It's not a, you know, something where you're going to go, okay, need met. You know what I mean? But, hey, you want depth? This is what depth looks like. It's not a big name. It's not an all-star caliber pitcher. It, it, it might be in the best possible circumstance what happened last year where it's a guy looking to prove it on a minor league deal like Johnny Cueto did, and boy, did it work out. But for every Johnny Cueto there is where uh, some that kind of deal works out there's an Irvin Santana where it doesn't and, and I there think that you know you yeah there you go drink everybody <laughs> I mentioned Irvin Santana but I I think uh you know they can go out and sign somebody like that this spring but it doesn't mean that that person's going to be any better than Jesse Schultons it doesn't mean that that person's going to be any uh higher on the depth chart than AJ Alexi uh so it, it it really might be this current group of guys that they have that starts as their starting pitching depth and it, again, I would I would argue that you should keep adding. You can't add enough, right? Go keep throwing things at the wall and see if somebody sticks. But also, it, there's nothing saying that those guys can't turn into something unexpected. Davis Martin, nobody was talking about him at this time a year mm-hmm. ago. And he wound up now being a guy who you're very confident in being your number six starter. You know what I mean? If he gets up elevated to number five for whatever reason, maybe it's a different feeling. But right now, as the number six starter, that's a pretty – that's a pretty good one to have after the year that he had last year. Maybe we, uh, uh, you know, six months from now, we're talking with similar confidence about somebody else being their number seven starter. Could be. Yeah, it's February at this point. We're pretty much looking at the TJ Maxx and uh, Nordstrom rack of free agent pitchers. I, I honestly don't love anyone uh, in particular. Uh, maybe Chris Archer. Uh, one of the big issues I had with the Clevenger signing long ago was that I was doubting uh, – his innings. I didn't think he would pitch enough innings to be a, a viable fifth starter. So looking at Archer's numbers, he pitched 102 innings for Minnesota last year. Um, terrible numbers. Yes. Uh, so an, an improvement? No. If we sign him, is that going to help? No. Is it going to improve anything? Also no. So uh, yeah, any options that we see are, I, I, I would feel more comfortable going in-house. Uh, I mean, Davis Martin, I feel as if uh, he's... He has the ability to definitely make a lasting impress- impression on the org. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think we talked like last month about Archer. Um, I, I, I like Archer as well. Um, I just think that his slider still has something to it. Um, negative nine run value last year. Um, still features at above 89 miles per hour, which is you know most the most important thing when throwing a breaking ball nowadays is just if it's over 85, uh, that's good. Uh, if it breaks like Joe Kelly's, that's even better. Uh, yeah. But not a lot of people uh, break like Joe Kelly. But yeah, like again, Chris Archer isn't going to be a, a rousing name um, for any fandom. But again, depth is important. Um, and there's names too, like uh, Edgar Navarro, who's a non-roster invite. Um, Andrew Perez, who's a non-roster invite. Sammy Peralta, who's a non-roster invite. Uh, Nicholas Padilla, I know he's more of a bullpen name, but he's going to even be on the in, in the World Baseball Classic. So um, there are some interesting names that you know people don't know about yet. But I think if they do make an addition, it will probably be starting depth of some sort. Um, I think Archer, Bundy, both make sense. But like you said, Cueto waited a long time until a spot actually opened up and that could be what Archer or Bundy are waiting for. And if that doesn't happen, then they might, you know, be willing to come back to a a different uh, lower level of a signing. All right, let's take a quick break here. um, And then we'll jump into Oscar Colas sound. And again, Vinny's interview uh, one-on-one with Gavin Sheets. We got to let you know about our good friends over at FOCO. Uh, FOCO, uh, you already have the leader uh, in sports. uh, Where I have it and now it's gone. Oh, and now I need to sign back into my Google mercy stretch. Um, okay. Um, FOCO, uh, is your leader in sports and I love to remember my password. Um, do you guys have a password for every single account or I have the same one. So if you okay. uh, hack me, you got everything. Oh, there you go. I uh, use a password manager. And you're just going to be practicing me trying to keep my money out because I got none. All right. So use a password manager is, you know, the advice that we learned here. Yeah. Um, Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your My favorite password, one, two, three, four. teams. So get fitted in the best sports gear around. <laughs> Foco has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, with hoodies, slipper signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. Foco, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. For all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Also, 
Game Time, our friends over at Game Time. If you're looking to go to a game, whether Bulls, Blackhawks, White Sox, when the season is town, um, we recommend using our good friends over at Game Time. Not only do they offer the lowest price guaranteed and up to 110%, um, it was created by the fans, for the fans. They understand how buying tickets could be stressful, expensive. Uh, they make it easiest for you, the customer. And if you're looking for something to do tonight, Blackhawks play the Vegas Golden Knights at the UC. Um, check out the Game Time app. 15 million people who have downloaded the app. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Again, join our 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app. Score the best seats to all your favorite events. Is Patty Kane going to last game of the UC? Is it? Maybe. I don't Gotta know. ask Jay. Yeah, but you know, go Game Time. Go and see Patty Kane while you can. March 3rd. March 3rd is the trade deadline? Yeah. All right, so mm. might as well go and check them out. March 3rd is next week. They play the Stars on March 2nd at home. So mm. March 4th, they play the Predators. So that would be the last time possible. Um, but he might even get traded before that. Anyways, um, let's get into some Oscar Colas and Gavin Sheet stuff here. Um, Vinny, you talked with Oscar Colas today um, in the, the assembled beat. Uh, what you guys are going to see is going to be um, the beat reporters asking a question and then uh, – Oscar Colas answering the question in Spanish, and then Billy Russo uh, translating it to English. Uh, we're going to start off with what Oscar worked on in the 2022 season and how he felt like he improved um, in Charlotte, Birmingham, and uh, Winston-Salem. Here's Oscar Colas. How did you react to uh, the news or when you heard that uh, that you would be given the chance to, to be the starting with you on this team? That's a pretty big Sí, no, o sea, todo se sabe a través de la, de, la, de la prensa y las redes sociales y yo supe que más o menos tenía chance ya que tuve un buen año y trabajé en base a eso, que es lo que yo quería, venía alrededor de dos años trabajando en eso en Dominicana y solamente lo puse en práctica aquí. And I saw that uh, you know, in the social media and in the news. Uh, I, I I knew that I would have a good chance to uh, to have this opportunity uh, because I was working for that and you know during the time that I was in Dominican Republic, I really put a lot of work uh, to get to this point. And it wasn't a surprise, but uh, you know I I knew this time would come. Was the working with the coaches uh, during the offseason in Miami had the kind of close clarify what you wanted to work on and what they expected from you uh, this season? Sí, claro, como todos saben que ellos tienen un equipo de trabajo, ellos tienen una, una o sea, ellos cuando se va la temporada, tienen todos los reportes de cada pelotero, ellos buscaron los reportes míos y vieron dónde tienen mis dificultades y fue donde trabajaron ellos en la parte de, de ser más selectivo en, en la zona de bateo, o sea, en el buen lanzamiento. Yes, you know that, you know, once the season ended, they all have the reports of how the season went for you and your, the, the areas that you need to improve on. Um, I, and they identified and, and I knew it that I needed to be more uh, selective uh, in the pitches that I that I wanted to swing. Then we focus on that uh, during this off season. You know they have a very good uh, uh, team of, uh, of stuff to do there. Uh, and then uh, you know that helped me and you know put me in a, in a better position now. How would you describe your defense out in the outfield? And uh, you played a lot of center field last year. You, do you like right or center better? Sí, excelente. Ya anteriormente yo he trabajado año en right field, left field. Yo he decidido mi primer año jugando en center field. Y yo pienso que lo hice bastante bien, ya que me enfoqué en base a eso y puse empeño y solamente di lo mejor de mí como pelotero. Pero yo me siento bien en cada posición. I think my work, my work in the outfield is excellent. Uh, you know, actually last year was my first year that I was playing uh, center field. Uh, my experience was more uh, in the corners, uh, and, I, and I think I did a, a pretty good job. You know, uh, I feel very comfortable playing in the outfield and playing in the corners. Oscar, some of the your coaches said is you know, being able to cover the inner half of the play is realizing and trusting you can do that kind of opened things up for you last season. Is that part of being selective of trusting what you can do uh, and what parts of the play you can cover? Claro, enseñado importante eso, que hay que tener más seguridad en el cajón de bateo. Eso ayuda mucho con las manos, ya que la mayoría de los bateos a veces cuando venimos de Liga Menor de la Liga Inferior, venimos con la mano por fuera y yo te enseño que con la mano por dentro de ese bateo. Yeah, it's very important. That gives you, you know, more certainty, uh, make you feel more secure about your abilities. Because when you are working in the, in the, in the minors, sometimes you 
started swimming with your uh, arms, uh, your hands open, so kind of going around instead of keeping your hands uh, closed, getting a combo. Then, uh, you know, that, that's uh, a big plus. And that's one of the things that I proved uh, last year. It was good. I feel a little more comfortable with that now. To answer Fred in the comments, uh, Colas will be on o- opening day, 24 years old and 191 days. Um, Vinny, what do you make of the 24-year-old? He seems very poised. Well, I would say this. Uh, it, it harkens back to some of the days when, uh, you know, during those rebuilding years when we would talk to Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert and all those other, uh, you know, highly ranked prospects. And uh, they were very, very confident in their ability. Right. I mean, they were projecting themselves to be uh, big things. You know, uh, we had Aloy call Luis Robert the next Mike Trout. We had uh, Michael Kopech call Aloy the Babe Ruth of our generation. And uh, here we have Oscar Colas. Uh, you know, when you ask him, uh, it, were you surprised to hear that, you know, after one year playing in the United States, that you're going to be uh, given the shot to compete for the starting right field job on a major league team? He said, yeah, not really surprised. You know, he knew this day was coming. Uh, you ask him how good his defensive ability is in right field. And he says it's excellent. I mean, it, it really does seem like uh, he, he's very confident in himself. And it, that tracks with what we've seen from these other guys when they've come up to the big leagues. So um, it, it, it was very reminiscent of that. We'll have to see, obviously, what the results are on, on the field, not just in terms of the statistics that you'll see in Cactus League games, because those are, you know, not so important. But, you know, in terms of what the if, if he delivers what Pedro and the coaching staff wants to see from him uh, in terms of going and, and getting the bulk of the playing time out there in right field. Yeah, and I think uh, confidence is key. We've talked about that a couple times. Like, you got to be confident to play in the major leagues, especially if a guy that's going to be given a shot to win the right field job. I love the answers. I love the confidence of, yeah, I can play defense. Come on now. This is easy. Um, 24 years old. He's got the world by his uh, hands, and he won't be 25 until what, August? September uh, 17. Oh, man. He, this man has got everything. I'm uh, very excited. He looks like a tank. How is he filled out as, as much as I think he is? Because that, that pitcher, <laughs> man, that man looks – Yoked up. Let's go, Oscar Colas. He looks – are you uh, eye-to-eye with him, Vinny? He's about six foot three. Yeah, somewhere in there. He wasn't uh, – you know, he wasn't towering over me like uh, Lucas Giolito uh, has gonna, to do. But, six, yeah, one, two, he's a big nine. guy. You going to challenge him to a weightlifting contest? Uh, I don't think there is one person on this planet I could beat in a weightlifting contest. Oh, come I on. There's <laughs> one person. There has to be one person. Certainly there's you. nobody in that clubhouse. <laughs> oh. Certainly there's nobody in that clubhouse. We know that. I would agree. Well, Bucky Lagrange, you can beat in a, uh, a weightlifting championship. Walk into any elementary school, somebody in the got that Phoenix one. area, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you could. Who's yeah, Bucky? I might be able to find one. It's a uh, Family there. Guy <laughs> thing. He's the armless second baseman. Oh, check it out, guys. <laughs> Not right now. Just check it out after the show. All right. Uh, I, I just found it very interesting. I, I did feel the the poise from Oscar Colas. Um, you even see uh, Svo in the comments saying, uh, why do I feel like Colas is going to rake? Um, I, I think he's ready for this. Uh, I, I think even in there, I think it was Scott Greger asking him about, uh, you know, what 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 is the prior experience, uh, you know, do for you? Uh, the, the, the experience in Japan, the experience um, in Cuba, like how, how does that help you? Um, and he's just like, I'm, I'm prepared, I think was his, his, his words. Um, but I also, too, like, I just want to stress, like in 2018, when he was in Japan, the age differences in the leagues that he was playing, he was 19, six and a half and 10.2. Uh, in 2019, uh, when he was 20, four, um, four, a 4.4 years difference, a 9.6 year difference and a 7.9 year difference. Um, and then this year in Charlotte, there's a three year difference between him and most the average age of players um, in Birmingham. It's 1.1 years. And in Winston-Salem, it was 0.5. Um, he did best in Birmingham, and that's typically a tough place to hit. Like, I don't think that people should have massively tepid expectations for Oscar Colas. I've bet on him to win American rookie, uh, rookie, uh, American League Rookie of the Year. Like, I think it's very possible that he can come in and be a major league level right fielder. There are holes in his game, like any major league baseball player, that could be exposed. But I feel like him having some professional experience already is going to help him, you know, hit the ground running more than Aloy and Luis did when they came up and you know early 2020 and 2019. Yeah, uh, one thing I want to point out, uh, he was pointed out uh, as one of the players with the most to prove in 2023 by MLB.com. So, uh, yeah, I feel as if uh, he, he would probably hit his ceiling if 
he uh, played at AAA. So 23 home runs, 895 OPS, uh, of course, too, left-handed power. We love left-handed power around here. And I think also, too, the glove. We, we, we definitely cannot forget the glove at all. So, uh, yeah, he's absolutely viable uh, on a major league roster. And, yeah, I mean, uh, Sean, I'm right with you with the rookie of the year uh, nod. I, I feel as if it's possible. He can do it. Yeah. I think I used my bonus bet on that. So from uh, DraftKings, <laughs> yeah. So I can win like four hundred dollars on Oscar Colas. I'm Mercy. shit. I'll be having the pom poms. You know me. I I just don't. You know I've wanted him in the minors, but if he can break through in the spring train and they trust that he can go through the whole year healthy and pr- contributing to this team, let him do his thing. But I don't know if he can make that huge jump. Yeah, and and what he talked about with the, 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 the training staff, their ability to speak Spanish, there's direct communication is uh, the words Billy Russo used. Um, you know, the, there isn't a language barrier there. And I think, too, like he talked about him becoming a better hitter. And what that, I think, meant is just he made more contact. Uh, Fred saying his BABIP was 378. Again, a high BABIP doesn't mean anything unless, you know, like like he has a high BABIP also because he hits the ball hard. Um, Tim Anderson and Luis Robert have high BABIPs because they hit the ball hard uh, or I guess well Tim has a hit Tim just hits a lot of balls yes um but he's always had a high BABIP Yohan Moncada in 2019 had a 400 BABIP um obviously he didn't keep up his his exit velocity he didn't keep up his bat power uh and and that wasn't sustainable but like Oscar Colas being 6'2 a tank that is um but again he he improved his batting average highest batting average of his career uh obviously highest on base percentage that increased 20% um, highest slugging percentage. Like he was just an overall better hitter and it seemed like he made more solid contact than he ever did in his career. If we get 23 home runs out of Colas uh, next year, I will be very, very happy. I think they'd be over the moon if they got 20 home runs for Colas. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes, indeed. A rookie having over 20 home runs. I mean, that's incredible. And then I know we're, we're judging it off of last year too. Like, yeah, 20 home runs for anybody would be like, Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Unless it's Eloy, you got to hit more than that. Right. Your, your potential's through the roof. 20 home runs would be a disappointment. That to me would mean that he was hurt. Yeah. And JJ's right. A high bat bet is bad when it's like Sebi Zavala. Like that's why I'm like, I don't know if Sebi's going to make the team. Maybe he doesn't, he's out of options. Maybe he doesn't make the team. Perez makes the team. Um, we, I was looking for what's next for the White Sox. Gary Sanchez is still out there. Uh, maybe he's an option if people are interested, but uh, yeah, I was just, uh, you know, I, I, I think that Oscar Colas, I'm not too worried about him. It, it seems like he's fit for th- th- this entire, you know, moment. Um, I wish I had way. your confidence and what the White Sox confidence <laughs> in him because oh, I could definitely see that if you get a, wow, Swo is out here. If we get 20 homers from Colas, I'll get a CHGO Sox tattoo. I'm holding you to that, Swo. We got to get it. Um, but I just want to know, like, can he beat out Gavin Sheets? Because – I would say, like, my thinking about him being down in the minors and, like, forcing this issue, maybe the White Sox are thinking that, too. And there's, like, Gavin Sheets is a left-handed power bat. I know his defense isn't that great, but also, if we give Gavin Sheets a nice amount of time to play, maybe he does hit over 20 home runs, and we can deal with the lack of defense that Gavin Sheets gives you because the arm is plus. You know, the reading off the bat is a little, little suspect, but I think if Gavin Sheets hit 25 home runs, you could like, right, I'll deal with his right field arm and have Colas down there and force the issue to come up here. Well, and Vinny, I do want to ask you, um, you brought up yesterday with Leary and uh, Pedro Grafal talking about uh, the battle in camp for a position and having to, you know, f- fight with Romy for that spot. Uh, has there been talk about that right field job between Sheets and Colas? Does it seem like it's just Colas? I mean, uh, even the question was asked, like, it seemed like you've been, you know, give it a chance to win the starting job in right field. Uh, does it still seem like he's being given a chance or is it his job? Yeah. Uh, Pedro was asked about that today and made it very clear that, you know, just cause you got a chance to win or every chance as he put it during the off season to win the starting job doesn't mean you're being crowned the starter, uh, you know, coming into camp. And he's very much adamant that this is a competition for that job in right field. Uh, he doesn't think that Colas is coming in with the idea that it, it's his job. He, he doesn't think that that would be a concern, you know, because of the way that he and his staff are running camp right now. Uh, yeah, it's very much a competition. And, and I think that uh, it, it has to be right, because like Herb keeps saying, you know, Colas has impressed in the minor leagues. Absolutely. But go, let's go see, you know what I mean? Let's go see what you can do. And so, uh, you know, listen, the White Sox 
would would not be putting Colas in this position if they were just like, oh, well, we'll see what he got. Maybe he's got it, maybe he doesn't. They're very confident in his ability to do it. They think he's ready, and so that's why he's in this position. But they also have Kevin Sheets. I mean, that's a second-round draft pick of theirs. I mean, it's not like they're kicking him to the curb or anything like that. Uh, I think that both of those guys are going to make this roster probably, but let's see how that playing time gets divvied up, and let's see if it's because one or the other uh, uh, has a gigantic spring and, and you want to use the tools of the, of the guy that doesn't. Or they both hit really well this spring. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of weeks left to go before opening day to determine exactly how they're going to do this. But, yeah, if you're looking for really the competition in Sox camp, it's that right field one. The only other one is, uh, you know, news to us as of yesterday because Pedro uh, talked about the utility spot being open for grabs maybe between Leori and Romy Gonzalez. But yeah, I mean, that right field job, whether it's, and again, I think the guys that could all be in that mix are making this team, you know, your Colas, your Sheets. We talked about Aloy playing out there. And then even Leori, who's a guy that can bounce around everywhere, obviously. Um, I, I think all four of those guys probably make this team, but let's see how that playing time gets divvied up. Yeah. Uh, for the, projected, you know, my projected uh, 26-man roster, I had uh, Benintendi, Robert, Colas, um, and then Romy, Leary, Sheets making the team. So, I mean, it, it doesn't really feel like there's a roster crunch. It feels like kind of the 13 hitters seem like to be the 13 hitters that will be on the opening day roster. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Gavin Sheets, and you'll talk to Gavin Sheets uh, after the break. Got to let you know about right field. Uh, you know, what was in right field, guys, in 2021, 2020? <laughs> Sarah, you want to play the goose? It, it was the Goose Island uh, head. Oh. Uh, it, it's a Goose Island read. I thought you were uh, talking about, like, no, Nomar Mazzara. No, it's just a Goose Island read. Uh, CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since 1988. Their beer roster, as you can see in front of us, is very, very in-depth. They have the Black, Hex, Black Hawks Pale Ale. Um, Hawks playing tonight, folks. Uh, the Hawks ah, and Goose, yeah. Goose Island uh, have been neighbor for 25-plus years. Delicious. Goose Island. Uh, has uh, a boost, uh, Goose Pub in the UC. It's been open for almost 10 years, uh, and their tap room is a pregame destination for Hawks fans. We've shot our commercial there. A fantastic place to hang out before the Blackhawks game. So go buy your you know, tickets on game time and then go hang out at the Goose Island uh, tap room. Uh, they also have the Bulls City 312, uh, which if you're a can collector, it's the Bulls City 312 uniforms just in the, you know, the, the, the lovely, yeah. it's the 312 beer in Looks the lovely can. Mighty cool. Um, yes. Uh, and it's the 312 Weed Ale in the golden can over there as well. Um, they have the new No Plans Tasty Time Pale Ale in front of us as well. That's the green can. Uh, so a lot of great options from Goose Island. You guys got a favorite? That Tasty Time. Okay. That uh, no plans, tasty time pale ale. It's tasty. It is great. I mean, mm. the classic is always. You just say the, the yellow can three one two. Three, one, two. That Sarah was telling us that in at Kansas they drank three one two. I'm not even kidding. We did all the time. That's how I even knew what that was. Rich kids at the uh, Kansas. I was, I was like, I was like, Natty <laughs> well, Light wasn't available, but they, we used to they, also they like, buy, We're going for the best. We we're, used to buy Don Julio as well for tequila choice. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't drink tequila. It's like fifty five nah, bucks for stuff. a bottle. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's. I don't know. We like what we like. Look at the kids at Kansas drinking that high, high profile stuff. Um, we have the cloud of the championship. Anyways. They also <laughs> have the uh, Beer Hug IPA series. Uh, and make sure, again, to check out their two locations. Uh, they're open and ready to welcome you. Grab a beer from their innovative tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room at 1800 West Fulton or get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brewhouse at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations to pick up, go to gooseisland.com slash locations Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Very much appreciated for that one. Uh, let's get into your one-on-one with Gavin Sheets here. Uh, I, I really thought, uh, you know, it's been fun to see all these one-on-ones with Lucas, Dylan, uh, Gavin, talking about his uh, – you know, Oh, all right. Opa. Uh, <laughs> Vinny, do you want to set this up at all before we get into it? I'm sorry. You guys, you got something going on there today. No, I'm saying the you podcast got, – it's not – the yeah, people in the podcast don't know what happened. It's, you know, Sean's No, they do. Foot. They're still live. No, but the live show, they, but if oh. somebody's listening tomorrow, like, what the hell just yeah. happened? These guys are goofy. The, the, we the just knocked Sox. the book over. Yeah, yeah. The, the encyclopedia or whatever the hell that is, like, is, it was so excited about uh, Vinny talking to Gavin Sheets that it just fell over. Go ahead, we Vinny. miss you, Vinny. Uh, yeah. Uh, why don't we just hear from you and Gavin Sheets, and then we'll, we'll hear from you after. Here's Vinny talking to Gavin Sheets in Arizona. Gavin Sheets? White Sox slugger. Uh, how have uh, the first few days of spring training gone for you? Uh, it's been great. It's great to be back. Um, it's great to have a new energy here, new coaching staff. Um, they've been great. And just kind of a, a new energy and complete. So 
Clubhouse is fun. We're having a lot of fun with it. We're working really hard. We're excited. Energy fun. These are things that we didn't hear a lot of last mm-hmm. year, obviously mostly because of the results on the field. Yeah. Have you noticed a big difference in, in the vibe and the mood from, from what was going on during the season last year to what you guys have shown up up here with this year? Definitely. I, I think, you know, guys are excited to be back and have a clean slate. You know, all last year we were talking about negative stuff and, you know, trying to find a spark and trying to force things that just weren't weren't happening. Um, and now we get a chance to, to rewrite the script and, and attack it from day one, and that's what we're out here to do. You brought up the new the new manager, the new yeah. staff. What what has Pedro been like? What has he been like to you guys? Uh, you know, in the clubhouse with his messaging, that kind of thing. He's been great, um, great communicator. Um, he, he's he's here to work. You know, he he saw he was in Kansas City, so he saw us up close and personal last year. He knew some things that he had to change, and um, he's here to work and he's here to have fun and, and win some ball games. Did he communicate with you guys during the off season? He did. He was great. He called us, gave us a bunch of calls, and. You know, asked us what we expected from him and, and what he expected from us. And so it's, it's great to have that communication before anything gets going. And so, uh, you know, I've enjoyed being here with him and got here a little early to, to get acclimated to the staff as well, and it's been awesome. Speaking of the offseason, how'd it go for you? What were you working on? A lot. Um, you know, trying to build off of the second half, um, trying to get trying to get better in the outfield. Uh, I thought I made some really big strides from April to September last year. Um, you know, I, I read all the stuff. I see all the, the stuff, and I know i got to get better out there. And and I think I did by the end of the year, and I'm going to continue to get better out there. And um, you know, wherever they need me to play, I just want to be in the lineup. And that's my end of the day. That's my goal. You know, be a left-handed bat that I know I can help this team out with, and um, be a part of this offense. Where is that defense right now? Would you say? In terms of position? No, in terms of uh, your ability oh, out there in right field. It's yeah. ready to go. Yeah, um, a lot more confident. Um, you know, I think in, in April and in, in April and May, I was. I wasn't confident in my reads. I wasn't confident in my first step. And as soon as you lose that, you, you lose jumps on the ball. And by the end of the year, um, had better first steps, was more confident getting to the wall, coming in. Um, and so it's 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 getting a lot better, which I'm excited about. You've you know been to spring training before and, and yeah. fought for a roster spot yeah. before. What what sort of mentality do you need when you're going in looking to win a job or win a spot on the team? You know, it's it's two things. It, one, it's getting ready to play the season. You know, you, you can't come in and try to expect things right away. You can't force things right away. But at the same time, it's coming in and proving yourself. Um, you know, I know what I can do. This team knows knows what I can do when I'm going well. And, um, you know, continue to show that and, and get ready to, to have a successful season. What do you look at when you look around this clubhouse and, and look at these guys? And, you know, it's mostly the same group from, yeah. from last year. What do you look at in terms of what this team can do in 2023? You know, this is a team that was projected to win the World Series last year. And uh, a lot of the same pieces. You know, we lost some guys. We lost Pito, which is, you know, I obviously miss him. But uh, we still got a lot of really good talent in here. And I think people forget that. And, you know, if we keep our health and, and everybody plays, you know, a lot of guys have a chip on their shoulder. You know, not many guys had the season they wanted to have last year. And when you put a lot of talent with that kind of mentality, it, it's, it can be exciting. You're walking around here with Andrew Vaughn yeah. quite a bit. What is, it, what is he like kind of off the field? <laughs> exactly what you'd expect. Uh, he, he just loves to fish. He's, he lives on a lake out here, so as soon as we leave the field, he goes to fishing. And uh, just a real laid-back guy. But we obviously have a great relationship, and uh, we've come up together and, and been in the big leagues first two years together, and um, just feed off each other, just build off each other, and um, pick each other's brain, and and just and enjoy these times. Has he ever brought back a fish that he's caught? No, no, he, he throws them right back in, but I certainly get pictures. Whenever we catch one, we'll, we'll FaceTime each other, show, compare, and uh, no, we have fun with that, yeah. What is it, what is uh, kind of coming for him this year, do you think? Obviously, he's going to get to move back to a position yeah. that he's been playing for his whole life. What do you, what do you kind of see from him? I expect a big year from him. Um, you know, he's got all the tools. He, he's he's going to put together another really good year. Um, I, I think he's going he's gonna to finish a little bit stronger than he did last year, and I think he's going to get it going the whole way. And uh, I'm excited to see what he's got this year because unbelievable hitter, and um, I expect big things from him. Got a, a couple of new faces here. Andrew Benintendi, yeah. obviously a, a big signing this offseason. Have you been able to chat with him? And, and... Uh, he's he's awesome. He's been a fun to be around and uh, obviously pick his brain because he's unbelievable outfitter, gold glover, and um, just a great player all around. But, you know, awesome clubhouse guy, and he's already bringing in some, some energy, and uh, he's just having a lot of fun here. So happy to have him. I think he's going to be a, a huge asset for us because, you know, he's, he's a tremendous player. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to have him here. What about a, a young guy that's kind of out there in the outfield, Oscar Colas? Mm-hmm. Uh, you walk in and you see him for the yeah. first time, and he's he's built. He's big. He's big. <laughs> I, I've never seen him play, to be honest with you. Um, I've obviously heard great things about him and um, really well put together, as you said. So I expect big things from him as well. And, um, you know, it's fun to have talent like that, that that's up and coming and um, just part of this team that's going to be a lot of talent. Obviously, 
you probably are very happy you don't have to face your pitching staff yeah, during the regular absolutely. season. But here at spring training, yeah. you see him in batting mm-hmm. practice. What's it like going against some of these arms that you guys got? I got to get Lopi yesterday, so he, he's he's nasty, man. It's it's fun to see guys like that and, and you know, see what they're like up close and personal. And um, obviously I see it from the outfield last year, but, you know, some of these guys that we got, you know, Jimmy Lambert's throwing the ball unbelievably well right now. And uh, I haven't gotten to face Cease yet, but I'm looking forward to that matchup because, you know, I want to see that slider and the, the fastball combination. So... <laughs> Uh, we, we got a great staff, and, uh, you know, they held it together for us last year, and, um, you know, I expect big things again from them as well. Pedro and, and a lot of the guys have been talking about, you know, you can come in here and think that you guys are going to win the World Series, but you gotta you got to start somewhere else, right? right? And, and can you kind of convey what you think that, that message has been from him in terms of, you know, he said, I think, yesterday, you can't win a championship can't in the spring. You can't win you can lose it. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah. go. You know the line already. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and I, I think that's perfectly said. You know, we, we can come in here and we can – you know, obviously can't win a World Series right now, but, you know, if you come in and you're lackluster and you have no effort and energy, you can lose it early. And uh, we haven't been like that. It's been, it's been, it's, we've, a lot of work, uh, a lot of intensity from top to bottom. And I think that's going to be the, the new motto around here all year. Uh, lastly, you're obviously, we talked about it already, you know, fighting for a, a spot or yeah. a job here. What do you expect from yourself this spring? How do you see this spring playing out for you? expect a big year. Um, I'm excited. I'm confident. And uh, uh, wherever I play, I don't really care. Um, but I want to be a part of that lineup because I, I think I can have a good year. I think I can put together some pretty good numbers. And uh, I want to be a threat in this lineup. And I know what we can do. And I know what I can do when I'm when I'm going well. So um, I'm ready to roll. And what is what if Pedro and the staff talk to talk to you personally about about that about uh, what kind of spring they're expecting from you? Yeah, you know it's it's been I'm working at first in outfield and um, you know wherever it's it's kind of been any way we can get the bat in the lineup and so that's that's my mentality. I'm going to be as good at first baseman as good as right fielder, uh, as good as DH as possible. Whatever it's going to take, um, I'm going to get the reps in everywhere and make it hard on them for not to not put me in the lineup. Less is- Hell yeah, Gavin. That was good stuff from uh, Gavin Sheets. Great job, Vinny. Um, let's start off with the first thing you talked about, um, work. Uh, seems like, you know, you touched upon that later in the interview, but also early on. Seems like Pedro Gafal is working these guys. Um, I don't want to put that in a weird way. Uh, I think most people assume that when they showed up last year, they were also working, but uh, maybe define that work. What, what, how have the White Sox said, you know, the work from last year was different uh, to, to this year? Well, I, again, this is not too... Uh, disparage anything that might or might not have been happening a year ago or even in years before that, right? But I think the compliments that everybody's giving to Pedro Grafol is uh, is energy. Uh, you know, I think he established before camp even started that he wanted to pick up the pace of things. And I think that they're really going, you know, boom, boom, boom. There's not a lot of standing around. And I think that that uh, is something very good. And then the second thing is organization. Uh, you know, it seems that he has just planned everything out and him and his staff, I should say, have planned everything out just, you know, to the minute, to the, to the letter. And, uh, you know, everywhere you look, there's something going on. And that's usually the case. But, um, you know, you've got four fields going at once out in the back. You got guys doing uh, uh, sliding drills somewhere else. They're taking fly balls here. They're doing batting practice there. The pitchers are all doing their own thing. I mean, literally every day before yesterday, before f- full squad started, you had Pedro Grafal talking about how pleased he was with the, the pitchers fielding drills and all this. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's really just something where, uh, you know, He's a he's a baseball a baseball guy as they say and uh, he he's just live uh, you know eating drinking breathing sleeping baseball and, and making sure that uh, every last detail is planned here we've talked about a little bit how serious he's taken things that's very evident when he talks when he speaks he's not you know one to joke around too often so I, I think he's really uh, brought in. Um, you know, I, obviously he was going to bring in a different mindset. I think what he's uh, what he's experienced so far is that he's had a lot of success at putting his plan into into action here with the players really kind of following what, what he wants them to do. Vinny, I've been very impressed with Gavin Sheets just by his attitude since he got here, even before he got here. He was an all-time first baseman in the minor leagues, and then he saw there was no path to really be a first baseman for the White Sox. Pito was there before, and now Andrew Vaughn's there. He's just doing whatever it takes to get on the field and contribute to the team. As a player of nowadays, it's refreshing to see he has the right attitude. Just, hey, 
I'm just trying to get into the lineup, and it's refreshing to see the man just uh, do whatever needs to be done for this team to get it done. And so I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he does have a good showing this spring training and beats out Oscar Colas. And, you know, my plan, that, that'll be great because then that means that Gavin Sheets is doing well on the field and he holds off Oscar Colas at least for one more year because I'm rooting for the kid because he seems like a, a genuinely nice guy. And do you know if he got a little bigger? Our guy, uh, our uh, girl, Mich- Melissa, asked, like, did he get uh, jacked in the offseason? You know, Gavin's always been a big guy. He's obviously tall, and so, you know, to, to have that body, I mean, he, he looks like a power hitter out there. There's no doubt about that. I think that's been the case in years past, too. Uh, I am not uh, allowed in when they weigh the guys at the start of camp. So uh, that would take some uh, digging and perhaps some HIPAA violations in order to find out uh, uh, exactly what the weight number is there. But uh, no, I mean, like I said, he looks like a power hitter. You, you know, we, we both commented on, on what Oscar Colas looks like, uh, you know, in person. Certainly uh, that can apply to Gavin as well. Do we have a height on Andrew Vaughn yet? What does it say on the thing? Well, we're, well, you we're talking me, about you medicals. Want me to hold a, you want me to hold a yardstick up to the guy? Come on. You could. Yeah, I don't know I, if you have I, a yardstick, Andy. I think that's what Andy. we want. <laughs> just, just bring a tape measure and just be like, hey, could you stand still for a moment and oh, then just God. pull it out? You're working it's on it. It's, see, it's bordering on, it's bordering on rude at this point because, come on, now you're just making fun of the guy for being short. Well, yeah. it's, I don't know. I'm not making fun it's, of him. I just I don't know how tall he is. I just want to know how tall with, he is. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Nothing wrong with being short. No, I'm short. No. Very short. Um, anyways, let's the the Gavin stuff that I also thought was um, interesting as well. Uh, his talk about being comfortable uh, in the outfield, and I think it was Beefloaf, uh, the 108 season ticket holders watching in right field. Uh, one of them said the eye test for Gavin looked better. I think this is in June, July, or August. So I, I mean, even him saying it, uh, you know, him feeling more confident. Uh, I think you know people were watching him and watching him closely. It kind of showed. So I mean, maybe he is possessed to or possessed poised uh to play right field it sounds like he's a little bit more confident uh uh, for the moment no well i mean listen i'll say this they when a guy when a guy is is not successful at something i think people automatically think they're not trying right and and what what is very much the opposite is is the case with these white Sox players listen we all know the numbers from gavin sheets and, and especially andrew vaughn in the outfield last year but these guys never stopped playing you know taking drills and, and and taking fly balls on a daily basis and certainly gavin when he sees that is his maybe long-term path to be, to having a spot on this team he takes it seriously you know and, and i think they all do uh you know alloy is another example just because alloy has this history of, of defensive misadventures as i like to say uh in the outfield doesn't mean that you know he's thrown in the towel and been like well that's what you're getting or it's or, or nothing you know i mean he's he's working all the time um gavin maybe uh might be more successful in working on it than some of these other guys so um he abs- absolutely is work is is practicing that sounds like he spent the offseason practicing that and listen it really seemed to click in general in a lot of facets of his game after he went down to the minors last year and then came back to the big league so um certainly whether that's offense or or defense. Uh, I, I think that you can expect him to be serviceable out there in right field. And and if he is the guy who ends up uh, taking the bulk of that playing time, is he going to be as good as, as Colas defensively? Probably not. Colas is, by all accounts, very good defensively. Maybe uh, Gavin can never get to the point of being very good, but he can be at a point where he's not hurting the team and he's allowing his back to, to be extremely helpful, uh, you know, just being in the lineup. Where do we feel like the uh, competition currently stands? So we got about five minutes left. Colas Sheets, is there a leader in the clubhouse? Gavin's prior experience, does that help him? How do you feel? I think you don't say what the White Sox have said about Oscar Colas unless you're giving him the leg up. Like, he probably has the leg up on the competition. Only if he falls flat in spring training and throughout the drills in in camp will he be sent down and Gavin Sheets will win the job. That's why I said, like, Gavin Sheets has a pretty much an impossible thing where he's only going to get that right field job because other people failed. Like, Oscar Colas failed and or he's injured. So I think they're going to give Oscar Colas every chance to win this job. And they should because the potential in the ceiling is higher than what Gavin Sheets is. And as we said... Even if he doesn't produce the bat, the defense is still going to play. And that's what the White Sox need. 
one thing I want to point out, uh, in that interview, uh, Sheets basically said, hey, first base, uh, right field, DH, wherever, uh, wherever they need me, put me there. So I, I, while I think that is a testament to his own ability, I feel as if that's also him recognizing that there is competition for those positions. So in right field, I believe that Colas does have the edge. Colas is probably better defensively. Uh, the bat, uh, we have yet to see that. Uh, for the most part, I, f- I feel as if he does have the edge. Vinny, where, does it, where do you feel like it stands? Uh, I mean, it, I know obviously spring training games are still left to play. Four more days until spring training starts. That's real close and exciting. Um, is it just based on how these guys perform? Will both of these guys seemingly make the roster? And could this just be a, a battle we say play out, you know, at bat, at bat, game to game, series for series uh, in the 23 season? It's possible, and I'll remind you, Sean, once again, that spring training has already started. Uh, you're just talking about Cactus League play, of course. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, listen, I agree with you guys. I, I think that Colas has the edge if you got to pick one guy, and there's nothing saying that they got to pick one guy. Remember, this could be a timeshare thing, and and I think that might be, there might be something pointing to that to that working out that way if they are both successful in spring training. That being said. Herb, your point was exactly right. You don't talk up Colas like this all offseason if you're not ready to send him out there to try and win a job. Doesn't mean he's going to win it, but I think they're ready for him to win it and, and ready for for the situation where they're starting a rookie in right field in a season where they want to win the World Series. So, um, again, we talk about these things in absolutes. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? I think there's a world in which they just both make the team and both play out there a good deal. But uh, if you are going to pick that one winner, uh, who if there is going to be a winner uh, right now, Colas would, I think, be the favorite. That being said, it comes with a condition, right? It comes with a condition of him proving it in spring training. And here we are in spring training. He's only been here two days, so he's got an awful lot of time, uh, uh, prove it, left to do. Yes, he does. Uh, I feel Sean and Vinny beef. We have no beef. What's going on? Uh, Vinny, beef, I, I love you. And it's, it's great to beef? see you talk to you. Wellington. Um, hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we need the clown Murph noise. Um, it's kind of like the goose. You could play the goose. I'll be happy with the goose. <laughs> it, it's a little more clownish. Um, but yeah, I, I think I feel pretty good about Oscar Colas coming up. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this is going to be a, an interesting battle. Um it could be great if both of them are good. I think the White Sox would be happy if both Gavin Sheets and Oscar Colas <laughs> were good. We could have a good problem on the south side, and that'd be great. Uh, I wouldn't be too mad at that. Um, and the two, the thing, too, uh, Gavin still has a minor league option. So, um, and obviously, Colas does, too. He's not even on the 40-man roster. So, if they change their mind, uh, they can. So, I, I think this is a gr- good option or a good problem to have. Like, I think, truly, again, going back to the earlier conversation, the biggest hole is probably starting pitcher uh, mm-hmm. still or starting pitching depth at this point. Yeah, it's good problems, as you said, and uh, steel sharpens steel, or iron sharpens iron. So hopefully, like you're, you're, you just said, they just keep on making each other better. And because they, hey, I can't lose this job. Kolosh just hit that home run. I got to go up there and hit a home run now. You know, just keep on going up levels. And hopefully you have a good 20 home run from Oscar Kolos, about 10, 15 for Gavin Sheets, and we're, and we're cooking with gas Could you in imagine? right field. Like somebody was asking, like, did they even hit – 20 home runs total from 20 to 22. And I don't know. I don't – like, did the White Sox as a right field hit 20 to 20 home runs? I know 20, they only no, hit it's, one. It's been a while. And that's your man, Nomar Mazzara. Then they brought back Adam Eaton, and he doesn't hit a lot of home runs. And then last year, it was a cornucopia of uh, right fielders with Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, and also um, sometimes A.J. Pollock. But yeah, Herb, you this, might forget that there was a point in early in 2021 where Adam Eaton was leading the White Sox in home. Uh, yeah, that was like for true. a week. What happened? Uh, I remember that. <laughs> it was like seven home runs. What did he hit? Like all of them in April, and then it's like I'm good. And they, they were DFA'd him like <laughs> in June, and they were all clutch too. Like he killed it. Like he was just like their best player for like the first like 15 games. Uh, that was a gross memory. Thanks for reminding me. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's go uh, just wrap it up. Uh, any final thoughts, Janice? You good? Uh, yeah, I, I think we've been talking a lot lately about how so-and-so is going to hit 20 uh, home runs. This person's going to hit 20 home runs. Given last season, I think if anyone hit at least 20 home runs, I would be incredibly happy. Uh well, I, I don't know why the, it says Fangraphs. According to Fangraphs, twenty twenty one they had twenty four home runs and then thirty four home runs in twenty twenty two. So is right field at, even at right the problem? field? Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Hmm. 
Are they counting all Andrew Vaughn? <laughs> maybe right all field? the home runs hit by people who have actually played right field. Maybe not at the time they're playing right field, they hit those home runs. But it's been a problem for the White Sox for a long time. Finally, I think they've solved their problem with either Colas or Sheets. That's a good thing to have. And then once Colston Montgomery proves his wares, he'll either be at shortstop or second base. I think then we'll have a complete team with a team that is uh, pretty much of Rick Hahn's choosing, too. And everybody's uh, looking forward, too. Then you're going to lose Tim the year after that. Maybe. We'll we'll see. That's a different podcast. But uh, we're at 5 p.m. It's been an hour. Why don't we wrap this up? Thank you to Jana Scurio for joining us. Again, you can follow her on Twitter, at Scuriosa. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Acknerall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. And you can check out his work at allchgo.com. He is our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Killing uh, it down there, Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Fantastic work. Uh, Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease are currently up on our YouTube channel. Uh, his one-on-one interviews with him. Uh, them down in Camelback Ranch. We'll post the Gavin Sheets one as well. And uh, two posts on LCHGO from the past day. Uh, if you want to learn more about Elvis Andrews coming to play second base, Vinny has you covered at all CHGO and Billy the Hitter uh, is back in uh, Camelback Ranch so uh, check that out and uh, Billy Hamilton's excitement to be back on the south side I know most fans are excited to see him as well so check out Vinny's work at allchgo.com I'm Sean Anderson you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson thank you to everybody for hanging out with us Uh, we didn't reach our goal of 100 likes but we're at 48 so if there's two more we're at 49 if there's one more person out there and we can reach half our goal I'll I'll be half happy I, I guess I'll be Okay, uh, I'll be neutral uh, today. <laughs> and but, uh, Janice will be here tomorrow. Don't worry. Yeah, we're, yes. we've got another day of Janice. We'll at talk, least we'll no, talk Michael her out of Patrick it. Patrick Porkins, uh, <laughs> winning baby of the year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We're at fifty-one. There we go. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And uh, go Sox. Ready to make a difference from the comfort of your home? United Health Group is looking for problem solvers like you. Dive into a customer service career where your skills help improve lives. Grow your career in a flexible work environment while we support you with industry-leading benefits. Make a difference daily while building your future. Visit careers.uhg.com or click the banner to apply today.